Hello, everyone. Welcome to At Home with Linda and Drew Scott. Happy Tuesday, everyone. It's a great Tuesday. We have an amazing guest this week. We always have amazing guests, and I'm so excited about today's. She's a seven-time primetime Emmy winner, and she's one of our favorite actresses, Allison Janney. Mm-hmm. She is, I'm such a huge fan of her. Um, we just rewatched Juno recently. Yeah, she also, by the way, anybody who's a West Wing fan, you're going to be excited. HBO Max has a West Wing special coming October 15th. And it's partnered with Michelle Obama's When We All Vote, which is pretty cool. Encouraging everyone to use their voice. We all have a voice and need to use it. Mm -hmm. And Allison does just that. She uses her voice to inspire others to act, to vote, and to help animals. She is an animal lover. Yeah, so cute. And she's got three cute little pups. We talked about what sparks the feeling of home for her. Mm -hmm. Which was really cool to hear. What sparks the feeling of home for you? When I think of home, like fond memories, I think of sliding down the stairs in laundry baskets or on like mattress toppers. Mattress, like, oh, toppers, yeah, the thin mattresses. Yeah, like yeah. just rolling ourselves up in, into a burrito and sliding down the stairs. Oh my gosh, we love that. I think all kids love that, except for our parents had really flimsy laundry baskets. And so when we would try and use them, one, they would just break. And two, I would kill my tailbone. So I would you like had a pillow. I would strap pillows. I'd use like a belt, like my karate belt, and I would strap pillows onto my butt so that I didn't hurt my butt. Why didn't you just strap the pillows to the um, to the laundry basket, like uh, to pad underneath? That makes too much sense. <laughs> or I could just sit the pillow on the bottom of the laundry basket. Yeah, I'm not that smart. Okay, <laughs> and I wasn't as a kid, and that was just last week. Uh, <laughs> now, what sparks the feeling of home? The smell of durian. If you guys don't I, know, Linda is addicted to durian. It's the most disgusting it foul. Is disgusting. No, it's, the smell is absolutely disgusting. Okay, it, it smells I agree. like rotten. It smells like garbage. Yeah, it smells garbage. like sulfur. Yeah. Uh, but it tastes amazing to well, me. To you. It's like cilantro. Yeah, some love it, some hate it. Some people don't like cilantro. Mm. I love cilantro and durian. Anyway. <laughs> so that's your feeling of home. Yeah, back to Alice and Jenny. Uh, we had a wonderful chat with her. We. We also talk about how we can never know how meaningful our work can be to others. Mm -hmm. I, I even think just work or anything you do in your life too, like holding a door open for somebody at mm -hmm. the right time could mm -hmm. really make a difference for them in their day, seeing mm -hmm. that little bit of positivity. Yeah. Well, this is the one and only Allison Janney. <laughs> Okay, if ADT wasn't professional enough, now ADT installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. I mean, what are they going to do next? They're, they're going to start a country singing career. I would listen to a country band named ADT. Also, I like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with my Google Nest doorbell. Just saying. Your Google Nest doorbell? I said our. He said my. Everybody check that. Yeah. All right. Well, I like to control my ADT smart devices, like my lights, my locks. <laughs> my security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. And I like to say, hey, Google, to get started. Listen, I said ours. I'm all about ours, not <laughs> mine. Help protect what matters most with all this, plus 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. I can feel the love bouncing off these walls Shining through the windows reflecting like a rainbow That's where we belong 
mean, when you think of your home now or when you're, even if you're playing a character or you're on a set, what is it that you will come across or what is it that you see that just pulls you right back to your childhood at home that reminds you of home? You know, I love finding artwork. Um, whenever I do a job, when I did Spy in Budapest, I found a beautiful painting of the sea that I brought back. Mm. And when mm. I was in London, I found all these hysterical, um, po- bright, cartoony posters um, uh, that go in my bright fuchsia pink bedroom. Um, and I just love finding things, treasures, wherever I where I work. I like to bring something home. Um, when I was in uh, Mississippi, I brought... I ended up bringing two dogs home. <laughs> the ultimate uh, artwork, yeah. I did, but I also brought in Natchez. I was working in Natchez, um, Mississippi, on several movies with Tate Taylor. Um, one of them was The Help, um, and um, a movie that hasn't come out yet called Breaking News in Yuba County. It'll come out next year. Um, some beautiful rugs that I brought back, and and some lights. I love lighting. Um, lighting is every every light has a dimmer in this house so it's very important for for me is um, lighting yeah <laughs> now how do you find with all these amazing pieces that you find um do you ever fear that you like them and you want to bring them back and then you're not sure if they'll work together because it sounds like you've actually mastered a beautiful eclectic look i do it's all about it is very eclectic um <clears throat> And no, I have a good eye for that. Most things that I bring back, the only thing I'm bad at that with is clothing, location buying clothing, and you bring it back. Ah, this doesn't work in my real life. That I suck at that. <laughs> but 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 for my house, I have a good eye when it comes to um, things that I know will, will work. Whether it's a, a painting or a, or a rug or a light fixture, uh, that I'm 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 good at. And, and love taking risks in that area. There's so many things that uh, really cool wallpaper. Wallpaper, I just, I'm, I love wallpaper. Really bold wallpapers and, um, well, obviously animals. Uh, the wallpaper from this, my grandmother, my mother's mother would take me to eat at Gino's restaurant in, in New York City. And Gino's is no longer there, but anyone, a New Yorker would know it's, it's that red, it's a, dark red with zebras it's just it's the most fantastic wallpaper i didn't really answer your question today no wallpaper is the greatest answer wallpaper wallpaper. is i i love wallpaper and we're obsessed i think when we moved into this house one of the powder rooms had a um it was wallpapered with these poodles just getting ready for a night out. It looked like it was like poodles taking a bath, poodles like at the vanity mirror. And we had to heartbreakingly tear it down because of all the crud it, that it was, was behind damaged it. Scalamandre, Scalamandre. Oh, there we go. Oh, I've seen oh that's that. gorgeous. Yeah, I love that wallpaper. So we, we digitized uh, what Linda's talking about. We digitized that wallpaper because we loved it so much, even though it was damaged. And then we reprinted yeah. it on throw pillows that we use in Linda's craft room. I wish I had that. I wish I was oh, it's so such a great skill to have, though, to do what you do to change people's lives that way. I, I get overwhelmed uh, thinking of uh, when I was looking to buy a house and I'd look at it and go, I couldn't see um, what it could be. I could just see what it was and, and didn't understand what it meant to what how things could change so drastically. Just a little, you know, a little remodel and it's. So I'm so envied and admire that um, what you're able to do and bring to people's lives uh, just by breaking down a wall. 
But with your wallpaper suggestions, I mean, I think you have a design eye. So I, I just am fascinated by your career and how diverse everything that you've done has been from dramatic roles, I, Tanya, playing a, an intense mom on I, Tanya, and then Juno, we just rewatched, oh, for example, yeah. in such a, such a oh, yeah. supporting and amazing role as a stepmom, and then your series mom. But what's it been like for you, this, this long career diversity? Um, I feel very uh, fortunate that I didn't get um, typecast into one kind of, of role. And I, I owe that, I think, to um, growing up and being trained in the theater, where that's just what you did. You played different roles all the time. I went from Noel Coward to Arthur Miller to it's just I was trained to to be um, um, diverse in my acting and, and be able to tackle different styles of acting and and um, you know I'm I'm grateful to the neighborhood playhouse and Win Handman I studied with and uh, so many people um, just learning like a sponge because I think as an actor you never really um, you keep learning you never master it completely I feel like as in I think anything really you can't mm. ever master it you keep learning and growing and I've been really lucky to get to play very different kinds of roles. I think, uh, you know, now that with Itania, though, I, I, I've noticed an uptick in the amount of, um, of um, evil uh, mothers I've been offered. So I have to be careful not to. Um, and that's why, you know, like right after West Wing, I thought, no, I don't want to just play, you know, smart, capable women. This is not saying that what I played on Broadway wasn't a smart, capable woman, but I went to do a musical uh, theater. I went to do nine to five just something completely different. I always wanted to surprise myself and people who, who follow my career of what I do, you know, what I'm going to do next. And usually it's something very different than what I've done right before. Hmm. And that's been fun. How much of it do you think informs your personal life? Like what you learn from the characters, do you take any lessons that they've learned in like the characters' lives in your own? You know, I wish more of CJ rubbed off on me than did, but I did. I learned a hell of a lot playing that character in the West Wing, learning about politics. I've never been a very um, knowledgeable person about concerning politics. Um, I grew up in a household where we didn't really talk about when politics weren't polite conversation. You just didn't talk about it. So mm. that was a whole new world for me to enter in. And, and I learned quite a lot and, um, and from Martin Sheen too, who rubbed off on all of us with all the, how um, he's such a, a, a activist and, and he doesn't consider it, he considers it a, a bad day if he's not being arrested for some cause he believes in. So yeah. he, he taught us all a lot and, and, and I just admire him so much. And so that rubbed off on me, but roles like I, and I, Tanya, um, <laughs> I don't take her home with me. Um, I'm sure everyone's just, happy. Just the bird. Yeah. Just the bird, exactly. I, I find that so fascinating to hear that, um, I mean, you were not well-versed, but you didn't talk about politics growing up because looking at your social media, like it looks like you've grown up with that because you are so eloquent in the way you discuss those topics now. Um, I wish I were. I thank you for saying that. Um, I feel... I, I do like to post about things that are important to me and I just have to not read down the comments because there's so many, I, I don't know how, I'm very thin skinned. So I get very upset at some of the things that people say, like, well, why are you following me? Mm -hmm. If you don't, you know, just yeah. you, know, you have to say anything at all, but I think it's important. Um, 
now to use my voice as much as I can to to at least get out the vote. I'm very excited about working with uh, Michelle Obama's, um, you know, mm-hmm. when we all vote, we, we just completed um, a West Wing, a mini West Wing reunion where we um, did something so cool. It's like a hybrid of theater and television. And I don't think anyone's ever done what what we, what Tommy Shalami has done with this particular, it was supposed to be a reading of, mm-hmm. of um, Hartsfield's Landing, which was a great, really inspiring episode about voting and the what a privilege it, it is to to vote and how important it is for us to to use that right um, and not uh, take it for granted. And, and uh, it, it's it was magical. I love seeing everyone again. It was so great. I can't wait for this to air on HBO Max um, on October. Jeez, I'm get this October 15th. Oh, we're ready. October we know. Oh, HBO you know. Max, October, October 15th. Oh, look at you doing we my job. Thank you. Oh, thank and you. No, but the fact too that this that you've you've partnered as well with Michelle Obama with her uh, when we all vote. I mean, that's exciting. We've met Michelle, and she is electric, and she's she's such a strong woman and, and a strong leader for all of us. And and uh, I think it's really exciting too. People I know who love West Wing and who have watched West Wing and they're re-watching West Wing. In fact, my brother, Jonathan and Zoe, they're just re-watching it right now again too. And uh, it's so, it's so I don't know, fascinating and sad that some of the issues from back when you filmed are still just as prevalent, if not more prevalent now and how there's still so much we can learn. So this is the combination of you guys and Michelle coming together to help encourage people to vote is such a great thing. I know, I, I, I can't imagine a more important time um, to exercise your right to vote and make sure we get as many people. When you look at the the numbers of how many people didn't vote in the last election, it just makes my it makes my knees weak. Um, mm-hmm. And this one, everything's at stake. Democracy, our democracy is at stake. Um, it would just be nice to return to a leadership that was um, more uh, more ethical and mm-hmm. compassionate <laughs> leadership. Um, well, these are very unsettling, scary times, um, and we need um, we need to get um, some new new leadership, new empathetic leadership. Well, I think that's exactly it. I mean, the main thing is we all, you know, everyone who's an American citizen living in this country wants to feel like they are supported and their voice is heard. And I, I think that it's really been great to see a lot of people, such as yourself, stepping up to lend your voice to help inspire people. And again, too, when we talk about voting too, I'm not saying whether somebody wants to vote Republican or they want to vote Democratic, whatever it is, I want people to really step back and forget the red and blue and just look at what is actually going to be the values behind um, who can lead us. And I think that will help make a lot of people make a more educated decision. I wish people would vote for country over politics Mm -hmm. is what I wish. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Well, well, stepping back a little ways, um, your growing up, your influence from your parents and and family. What, how, how was, how were you raised? I mean, you said that you were. I remember you telling me before you were six foot in early high school or something like that. And I was also very tall. And I know a lot of my friends had certain insecurities about their height. How did you deal with standing out in a crowd and, and being different? And did you embrace it? I thank my mother for. Uh, and my father for pushing me towards um, athletics and also ballet. Um, I took modern dance and ballet. My mother was on the board of the Dayton Ballet. I think that gave me a sense of, of appreciating my body and learning to 
stand up straight and embrace it and the beauty and and height, even though inside I felt very, I'm a very shy person. And so when I walk into a room in my heels, like to one of those award shows where you saw me, there's a certain commitment to being that tall, to to, to being uh, inside what it looks like you're on the outside and inside I just want to hide. And I'm like, I can do anything but that uh, <laughs> at six feet and, and change. In, in a fitted red dress and heels. Yes, yeah. you just got to be, okay, here I am and just got to fake it till I'm, you know, just <laughs> fake that you're as confident as your height makes you look like you are. Um, it, it does a lot of work for me that I don't have to do my height. <laughs> People assume that I am. Um, a strong, confident woman. So I got a lot of parts that I love. That's why I love acting. I get to play those kinds of women. Um, Because mm. uh, inside, I often don't feel that way. Throughout your career and, and life experiences that you've had, um, how has your personal life and life experiences influenced you with the direction you decide to go trying different roles or embracing different characters? Well, you know, mom, I chose to do because of my my losing my brother to, um, you know, mental health issues and addiction. And I decided um, I wanted to do a show about people in recovery and showing how um, there's hope in, in recovery rooms. And that influenced my decision. I feel proud about that, mm-hmm. that decision um, every time someone comes up to me and says, they're so grateful to see a show like Mom on the air. I, it was a world that I felt that I could step into and feel mm. with some real life experience. And, you know, a lot of times as an actor, you step into characters that you, you know nothing about their worlds, but, and you can do research. But this kind of work, mm. uh, the, I mean, the kind of experience that I had in the world of recovery was, uh, you know, was very meaningful, had special meaning to me. And, then, and I felt like it gave me... Um, I felt like these were stories like I had, I, I had to tell, I wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that's actually the first show that I ever chose to do because of the subject matter. I haven't really done that a lot. Truthfully. I just um, audition or I'm offered things and I go, yeah, that'd be fun to do. You said, I just think it'd be fun, fun mm-hmm. to do. Not, I don't think about how it's going to um, uh, better the world other than just pure entertainment. Um, so, um, you That's know, I think about that after I didn't think about that when I did West Wing, that this would be mm. a good show. I never thought it would go because I thought who's going to want to watch a show about politics. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, we watch so, that show every day. Uh, I'm so glad they did. And it just, it, yeah. it, it just opened up my world. And I didn't, I didn't know that was going to have the impact that it did on me and on, on many people who, who are fans of it and, and, mm-hmm. you know, who were, who were inspired to change their their careers or their their paths in life to, to, to go into public service. We made public servants look sexy and that was kind of cool. And then my next projects going forward, I have the one that I tell I can't talk about because I don't know what's going to happen with it, but completely different direction for me than anything I've done before, which is why I wanted to do it. And I hope I, I hope it'll still happen. I pray it will still happen because uh, um, it's kind of a cool thing for, for me to hold different area. Hey, 
ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. Help protect what matters most with 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. You said that very professionally. I try. <laughs> Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help you make your home smarter and safer. What were, what were some of your other ambitions aside from um, skating at the time or, or ballet? But I always knew I wanted to do something that would leave a mark. Um, even when I was in New York and I was not having any success as an actress, I, I, I wanted to, I looked into, I was like, maybe I'll be a, a work in art restoration or something. I wanted to do something in the arts and I thought, uh, I love, I wish I, could, I wish I could paint. I wish I could. My father's a great artist. He's a great guitarist, a piano player. And, and cartoonist and art. He just oh, cool. so skilled. And I, um, I wish I had some talent there. My brother always used to look at my, we used to as a family have, have like a, a still life that someone would set up and we all had to paint it and yeah. in our different versions of it, whatever it would. And, and my brother would always say, look at mine. And this, this one time he'd say, well, that was, it's very um, unencumbered by reality. And, and that was say. <laughs> how you describe my artwork, which is, I think should be the title of my autobiography or something. Um, I don't know what, it just so made me laugh so hard. Uh, so I never <laughs> I felt like I was really had any real talent as a, a, as an artist, but I wish I did. What is something that you, with everything you've accomplished in your career that you haven't been able to tackle yet, or you're still working towards, or even outside of acting, just something that you're really passionate about supporting or, or doing? Well, I love to support my, I mean, I all my, um, you know, animal um, organizations, animal rescues. My, my niece just started working with them, Amelia Air um, Rescue. And then a, a friend of mine works for um, School on Wheels, which helps them give, uh, get education to, to homeless families, uh, to kids. And I think mm. that's a great organization that I, that I was just made aware of and, and help post something for them. And, and I think that's, I think, you know, education is where, we have to, it, it, it's where the world can change, I think, mm-hmm. with, with um, great educators and changing what's taught in schools. And, and um, I think that's one of the key ways to, to, um, to change the, the systemic racism in this country, I think, to teach kids at a young age and teach them what really happened when uh, America was formed. And those are important places to put our money and, and, and time into um, supporting teachers and education. Our podcast has really been a chance for us too to to follow some of our passions, wh- whether it is environmental education, um, in nutrition, mental health is a big thing too. I think it's so it's so great to see how many people are bringing a voice to mental health concerns and showing yeah. it's not a scary thing for everyone to talk about. It's a scary thing, but it's not scary for all of us to talk about. And the more we talk about it and almost normalize some of the a lot of people internalize, I think, and they're afraid to, to look for help. But the more that we can show that you can talk about this and mm-hmm. and, um, and people are out there to help you, I think yeah. it's really been great, especially with people that in our lives that we've seen that have... I think that's the, the cool and beautiful thing about entertainment today. 
shows like yours, it's not only entertaining, but it is so educational. And it, at the very least, it opens up the conversation. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I love how entertainment can take messaging to another level to really educate a broader base um, of, and, of people out yeah, there. Yeah, and teach us just so many things that we don't even know that we don't know. I know you're, be, are you both vegan? Uh, Ve- plant-based, vegetarian, yeah. plant-based, but we're, we're so open. I mean, we, we've been vegetarian for about a year, but then, you know, you learn new things and you learn about people saying, well... We do we have some fish as well. Yeah. Uh, I have this um, uh, delivery of purple carrot, it's called, and they bring you... It's all vegan and you mm. have to cook it, but they give you all the ingredients and it's sort of opened my world to a whole new way of eating. And I, I like that um, for at least um, two of my three meals a day, I eat vegan Mm. Um, and actually more now so because with with COVID going back to mom there's not we don't have craft service anymore we don't have the food out the way that that we used to so now I I definitely bring my own food to work and I've I've chosen to um, to bring um, vegan this is probably going to be a great thing for the health of our entertainment industry I'll say yeah mom too there were just huge plates of delicious looking brownies and cookies and then like macaroni and cheese, which is one of my favorite mm. things. And how can I have to walk by and make the choice not to have it like 20 times in one day? And the 19th, I'm like, you got me. I'm going in. I'm going for a big bowl. That scene didn't go the way I wanted to, whatever. I, so everyone's going to probably lose weight this um, this season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there you go. It'll be a, a new look for the, the following season. Exactly. How, how do you actually, I mean, you're in amazing shape. You have so much energy. Um, how have you been able to keep that up? Has it, has oh, over your, your career, has your um, diet been a big part of it? Doing 15 hour days on set is killer for anyone's energy or diet. You know, Brad Whitford used to say, let's all do, you know, 20 push ups every time we're, um, you know, on a break or turning around or moving on to someone else's coverage. And for a while there, we all, did that maybe for a week. Um, <laughs> uh, I did. I'm walking a lot, so that's good. And I've got uh, my garage. I turned into a, a mini gym, so I've got um, I've got some Pilates equipment and um, and a bicycle and weights. And, nice, you know, hardcore. Um, we we put yeah. a we have a reformer, a Pilates reformer. Uh, at our house, and that's that's like nice. the new obsession equipment. But same thing, kind of converting the garage. Well, we're all in COVID. We're all trying to find ways to adapt and yeah, did and you, use the space. Did you try purchasing weights during COVID? Impossible. No. The, no, are you out. serious? Really? They're literally. sold out, or the prices are like jacked. I literally up. needed one 15 pound oh dumbbell because my da- my dad only has one, and I'm like, Dad, I need to get you a second one to match so that you can do exercises. And he's together. like, No, I don't want to spend uh, the twenty dollars. <laughs> even five dollars, I could not find one in all of North America. There is not a dumbbell available. Wow, <laughs> I did not do that. I did not. I was in uh, actually when I was in Dayton, and um, my I think my brother, one of my brothers, had left uh, weights. There, oh, there were those, those really awful ankle ones, you know, that the, yeah. the yeah. you strap around with Velcro. And my mother's house had, I was on the third floor as a townhouse kind of thing. And I would put those things on for a day and walk up and down stairs all day long. Oh That's gosh. what I did. And that was amazing to take those off at the end of the day. I felt, you know, I felt like, like, a, I feather. Weighed, like a feather. Like floating, um, yeah. And there were some, there were some dumbbells there too. And I, you know, did that and started running for a bit. Actually, I heard um, one part of what you did though was um, with at your mom's place. I heard your mom is a collector of not so fine oh. things. 
and that is a workout trying to clear out a, a hoardhouse. But wait, did you well, did you get rid of it? Yeah, she, she's not, I mean, it's not, you wouldn't know it when you walked in her house. She has great taste and beautiful things. You would not know, but you open up any drawer and it's, every, you know, I was sleeping up in the attic and I went into the eaves and there were just boxes and boxes and boxes oh and lots of tea towels and stuffed animals for some reason. So, um, <laughs> I was trying to make, I was thinking, oh, I'll, I'll give all these beautiful these stuffed animals to a children's hospital, but COVID, no. Yeah. They won't take it. Anything. Yeah. It's like, oh. Well, anyway. it's, it's one thing. I mean, I, I have my obsession. I collect uh, coins antiques and, and coins. And, wait, wait, and what? Old, I collect you coins. Do? Yeah. Do you? I, I mean, yeah. I've got a whole box full of coins. Oh my that, gosh. Uh, I'll be right over. Fr- like, but you can't use, I was like, can we use these to spend, get to buy things with, but they're not. How dare you? Them. If you take these old <laughs> coins, I will. Oh my gosh. I, so no. I, we'll chat because this is the whole thing. Yeah. I, I've, I've collected, I started collecting when I was in Canada growing up. I started collecting cause I got a couple of older pennies from Canada. And then we were in Scotland and I got an older coin that was even before Canada was established in, in the, uh, so an old UK coin. And then I continued to grow. So now I have coins that are from back 2000 years ago in the Roman times. And I have medieval swords that are from the, you know, 1500s and stuff like that. And I just love history. And I love that I'm holding this thing that was a battle ax from back in William Wallace's time it's yeah. just so cool, uh, but yeah, don't. Spend okay, those. well, so I think mine are more commemorative. Yours are actual. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if you'd be interested in these. These are all from like the Olympic coins from da da da. Oh yeah. Well, some of those uh, are interesting, but the, we have in Canada too. There's we have fifty quarter. cent coins. They're 50 cent coins and nobody uses them in regular currency when you're buying things. They're not yeah. actually used, but they're legal tender in Canada. And so as a kid, I thought I was so hilarious. I would go in with my nerdy coin obsession. And I would try and buy a chocolate bar at the store with a 50 cent coin. And then the guy would be like, what is this? No, I don't accept this. I only accept real Canadian money. And I'm like, that is real Canadian money. By law, you have to accept it. And I'd make a big scene thinking, <laughs> oh and I'm the only God. nerd out there that knows that these are real. <laughs> anyway, But uh, I've, I've calmed down on my nerdy, like mission impossible-ish kind of. How, how big is your, how much... Space does your coin collection take in your house? So that's what that's what I love with the coin collection is because obviously I'm collecting stuff that's like this big. So when you look at people like, for example, I have a a a suit of armor that takes up you know a big chunk of my office. Well, that's so much space, but this coin that's of the same era only takes up this much room. So I have thousands of coins, but I can fit them all into. I have a case, a couple of cases that are maybe about this size. Okay, that's not too. That's not, I was looking to see an eye roll from Linda. I didn't see one. No, so you're saying, she, no, he, <laughs> she I think to, it takes up like the room of probably the sofa. She wants yeah. to collect things like old um, singer um, I like sewing, sewing machines, machines and stuff. Or typewriters. Really? Yeah. And teapots. How many do you have? Oh, I only have, I have one like teeny tiny one. I think that, I, I don't even know yeah. if it's a like, so, real But one. she has a vintage, it's not um, like from the 1800s or anything like that. She no, has a vintage sewing machine from her mom. So it's it's, like it's, it's attached to the table that's like the old science lab when we would have yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. been in high school. It's like the old science lab yeah. table. And then we have about, I think three or four old um, antique typewriters. But anyway, so it's it's sort of, I'm fascinated. What I want though is like today it's garage sales and, and antique I shops, but sales. they're also over or marketed. And so every, it's hard to find a deal. 
But when you go, if you think in small towns where people still have all their stuff that they've had for generations that they offer up in a garage sale, now that's the like golden Like your mom's find. house. Yeah. Yes. If I ever want tea towels and teddies. Tea towels and teddies. Lots of interesting things in her house though. But don't you, like I'm, I love finding things like that. And then my first, my, well, I had my first apartment in New York and I was, I was doing a play in upstate New York and going to these antique places and finding cool um, oak jade art and, and uh, cool old paintings. And, and, and I just had so much fun hunting for stuff like cool stuff like that. And I feel like everything's so homogenized now. It's hard to find um, cool is, things. But. There, there's some cool. We were in um, uh, just uh, in Palm Springs recently and we found this vintage poster from the 70s. Mm-hmm. And it was love... Save our planet, save our people. Save our planet, yeah. save our people. And it was a campaign that was done in the 70s. And we're like, this is so relevant right now. So we yeah, we, we bought that piece and we now, we've hung it in the house here. So it's it makes sense. But I mean, it, it honestly, the, what I love about antiques or these older pieces, it sort of, it tells a story. I love, I don't like to buy something unless I know what the history of it is or the story of it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, the campaign, like for that, that poster, for example, what I love is that it shows a passion and it also shows how we can really relate to what was being thought of in the 70s to now. Same concerns, same issues, people mm-hmm. with passion for love and acceptance and equality and everything else. Mm-hmm. Everybody ex- uh, deserves love. Everybody deserves to feel inclusive. Um, and it's the same when we look at some of these antiques that I have from back in the 1920s or things that are back from the 1890s. There's this story that is so similar. And I think show- showcasing that in our house really makes it feel like a home for us. So. Where are you in your home right now? Are you in a home? Or where are you guys? We're in the basement. We're in the basement. In the basement. So this basement? is, um, we're in Hancock Park and this is our podcast slash my ping pong table in our theater screen. I know I'm seeing that because that was, that bloomed very large in my childhood. The ping pong table was our dining room table. Oh, so wow. whenever we weren't eating it, we were playing ping pong and I was, I was a ping pong paddle thrower. Oh, I was, uh, I just would not, I was not a good loser. Um, and the pain, I just fling it anytime my dad would say, good shot. I was like, don't say that. Because then I'd miss the next one. I was just so And see, <laughs> it's hard to cheat because I know you have this affinity to cheating. It's hard to cheat in ping pong and win. You can't cheat in ping pong, no. I was pretty good. I still play, I do, ba- I play everything backhand. All right. I can't we- do the forehand to back. Just. Are you, are you a lefty? Did you? Um, I'm not. Okay. Uh, I don't know why I just did that with my left hand. I was like, I can't I, tell if on Zoom it's like yeah. weird Reverse. or... No, I am a righty. <laughs> I was just like, I haven't held a ping pong paddle in so long. I'm like, how do I... Well, we, we've we've taken you longer than what we expected, but so we appreciate uh, your time. See, even someone who has won Academy Awards and Emmys and everything that Alison Janney has done, she still has insecurities and she still is nervous and she still has a thin skin. That's interesting to me. You would have thought after all the years of what she's done with her career, she's, she would have built up a confidence with it. I think you can still have confidence and have insecurities and thin skin and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I Maybe that's why she's amazing in what she does because there's a vulnerability yeah and yeah she's just herself yeah like I, not not in her work but like she you know she's able to still be herself regardless of yeah everything she's achieved 
Actually, I think you're true too, because she even, as she said too, she loves to just sort of let loose and just play with what character she has and and just sort of let loose. And uh, I think that that's pretty, it shows. It shows mm-hmm. what she does. I I just heard your stomach. Did you? It's my stomach just trying to play and let loose and and be itself. (laughs) By the way, uh, Linda's being a little lazy uh, for this. She thought she'd lay down. I'm not being lazy. I'm just getting comfortable. If you hear snoring partway through this, you'll know that she's super comfortable. You just yawned. Am I barring you? Are you barring me? You're barring me? No. By the bar. Are you bored? Am I boring you? Okay. It was just really nice to chat with peeps today. It was great. Now I'm just in like a thinky mood. What are you thinking about? Everything. You, do you guys really want to know? I don't know. It's a lot. We want to know. I, I wanna, just asked. We, we should keep this short. I'm thinking about. Um, thinking about the wildfires. Um, thinking about what to eat next. Um, thinking about how the rest of the year is gonna wrap up. Thinking about when we're going to see family next. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you thinking about? The wildfires are crazy. I mean, we know people who have been evacuated by it, and it's it's scary. Have you ever had something like that happen? I guess Toronto, you never had any fires. Mm-mm. We had fires up at our ranch. Um, nothing to the extreme of what what families are going through here. But I do remember that we had uh, the fire trucks had to come up. It was the power lines who actually which caused the fire because we were surrounded by the forestry. Our, the, mm. na- the national park was right on the edge of our property, basically, and uh, it's it's scary. Um, yeah, and it's it's scary that it's more intense, and it's going to get even more intense um, mm. if we don't smarten up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what's on your mind? I don't know. I mean, it's just we've had just a lot of great conversations with with friends on on the podcast, and it was just making me sort of reminisce about childhood and and now and all of the experiences that you know I've had to get to where I am today and I know it's just interesting to think of how we all change from our younger versions of ourselves mm-hmm. do you, what do you think when you were young your insecurities that you had as a kid or as a teenager or as a young adult have you felt like you've overcome some of those or you've created new ones or how have you hmm. changed Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I don't, I've definitely not overcome uh, a bunch of them. Like I'm still not super confident. I think it depends on who I'm with too. I think now I feel more confident because I s- choose the people I surround myself with mm-hmm. and I feel comfortable with them. Isn't that funny? I mean, maybe not funny, but when, when, <laughs> we, were, when we were younger, <laughs> we almost, we don't want to like, you know, put ripples in the pool because we don't we we don't want to be as vocal about if people are very negative in our life, we don't want to separate from them because we don't want to cause issues. And there's so many reasons we do things when we're younger that now you look back and like, why didn't I just step away from that? But also, I don't I don't think you don't act because you're scared to cause ripples. I think as younger selves, you're probably also figuring out if you belong in this group or not. Yeah, you're just trying to figure out where you fit in. But I will fully admit there are definitely people that I would have no I, sure, no desire. As well. yeah. yeah, because I mean, I know I knew as a kid there was some like the cool group, 
that I just had no desire to chat with. And because all they did was they just pick on kids mm. or it was all superficial conversation and that was not us at all. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, but I mean, other, I'm sure they grew. I mean, they, I bet that was a part of their insecurities and in getting through um, their young years and learning who they are yeah. as well. What other insecurities? Um, did you ever have that same insecurity as me of just being too tall? Yeah, you know, back in the day when I was super, super tall, uh, I'm sure at one point I wanted, you know, long supermodel legs. Mm. But and then You've got and, great and legs. then you realize like that's just stuff you see in magazines, which is so terrible mm -hmm. because that's all that is represented. Stereotypical the definition of attractiveness totally. on on a material and surface level. Totally agree. I think like, yeah. Yeah, I just it's just like, yeah, growing up, we used to read all of those magazines and, and then you wonder why you think a certain way. or Why you have insecurities. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. Humans are weird. Yeah, we are weird. I mean, honestly, that's kind of like what makes us awesome is because we're all weird and different and quirky. And if we were all exactly the same, it would be a robot planet. We would just be programmed the same and it wouldn't be fun. We would just be programmed the same. We would just program to... We've been watching Westworld and I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, it's so crazy that there are so many signs in that movie that are so similar to the things that are happening in society. Or in that, I said movie, I meant that series. Uh, All right, well, shall we get some din-din? Time for some din-din. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thank A you. Huge thank you to Brandon Angelino, our podcast producer. Annalie Anna Bell, Bale. our researcher. Chad Carlson and Victoria Shaw. For our music, our Feels song. Like Home. And, and thanks thank to you. Hey, and you. We're like, we're like twin talking it. I know. It. I'm just like copying everything you say. Thanks to you guys. Um, we wouldn't be here without home if it wasn't for you guys. Um, we'd love to hear feedback from you and also spread the word. If you enjoy our podcast, tell your friends and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And text if you have questions. 310-496-8667. Look forward to hearing from you. And we'll talk again next week. Take care. Bye.